Halo teman-teman semuanya, nama gue Andreas and this is Love Life Millennial. <laughs> For this week's book's episode, I feel like doing it in English just because this week's book I was recommended by a friend of mine. He is from Thailand, <laughs> and the recommendation came just at the right moment because after more than one year of relentless personal self-development books, finally, at around last month, I felt exhausted. I felt like I've read too much and just want to take a break and read from another genre. I was about to pick a fiction or fantasy-based novels when this friend of mine came and we were talking and I heard that there's this book that he has read for more than five times and he was just always so mind blown about the concept. It's like his bible, it's like his religion. And I felt challenged, you know. The curiosity nature inside me swelled and I just felt like, all right, if you think this book is good, then let's prove you out. And so I asked him and he told me the title of the book is How to Be a 3% Man. And I immediately laughed because I clearly remembered watching a YouTube ad about this book and about the author, Corey Wayne, and I felt that he's so much bullshit. So in the ad, this guy was talking about giving dating advices, how to become a better male, how to become an alpha so that every girl will crave for you, will thirst for you, and it feels so salesy and it just freaked me off, not in a good way, so I've always skipped the ad and when he said that, I was, damn it, it felt like I made a wrong choice, but I'm a man of my word, so I decided to, you know, just take the book try to read it, right? And also, one thing that I immediately noticed is that the book is not really very thick. It's probably around 180 or 200 pages, which is clearly doable in one or two weeks if you're consistent on reading it every day for like, you know, a little bit or a chapter. And so I began to read. I just couldn't help myself. Sometimes I just laughed at the very delivery of the book until I reached a point where I was able to disregard my bias of the book and just really try to get something out of it. How can I benefit from this book? What can I take from this? And turns out, you know, after reading it, I I actually liked it. Ah, I felt like a total douchebag. But yeah, I have to admit that the book did give some valid points. So in its basic sense, the book defines 3% men as those that are in the very very low percentage that know what they're doing in terms of career and know what they're doing with girls so that they are the one being chased instead of the other way around. Because everything is built up on this masculine energy that Corey Wayne talks about which is essentially, you know, having a drive, purpose, mission, you know, so that you can succeed and accomplish stuff and eventually achieve your goals, right? Whether it is career or women. He then goes on to talk about raising your ante, your quality as a man, and some several strategies to approach a woman. And again, in here, I gotta admit that since he was giving case studies of his own personal life, some of them really did apply to me. I made these mistakes when, <laughs> when I was trying to get my way with a woman, right? So. It's a mixture of cringe, guilty, and total embarrassment. But alright, let's talk about the specifics. He was talking about several strategies and I picked some of, to me, the best takes that I could get out of him. They may or may not be exhaustive. If you find it interesting, then I think you should you know, read the book. 
And even Corey himself literally wrote in the book that we need to at least read and reread the book for 10 to 15 times because he thinks that it's a mindset change. It's not something that it's not a technique, you know, that you can just exploit. When a girl says A, you say B. It doesn't work like that. You want to have a certain POV of how you should respond to a woman, right? And this kind of mindset needs repetition. Repetition is the mother of all skills. This is what I quote from him, and I, to a certain extent, believe in that. All right. So on to the strategies. <laughs> if those of you listening are women, please let me know if these really work for you. Because otherwise, there's always this little part of me that is still doubtful that he's just some sleazy dating coach on the internet. But yeah, okay. So first is the beginning stage, right? When we meet a woman and we feel something, we know we like her, we have a crush, and the idea here is to approach them and ask them for a date. And when you do that. The first thing that we need to do, according to Corey, is to measure her attraction to us, right? I mean, I guess it's something that we need to keep evaluating and assessing throughout the relationship, anyway. But this mysterious element is something that we need to preserve. So when we introduce ourselves, it may just go down to as simple as when we introduce ourselves, don't say your name. Try to get her to ask you your name. In this sense, we can kind of get the idea of whether she's actually willing to talk to you. That's a good sign, right? If you talk to her and then she says, "Anyway, what's your name?" And after getting her to talk to you and you now in a conversation, Corey advises that it's always best to allow women to do the majority of the talking because naturally women like to talk. Although I, as a man, also like to talk. But in general, you want them to have the mic. And so the way you do that is you keep asking good questions and not just some close-ended ones, but you want it to be maybe open-ended. Tell me your opinion about this. Share me your story when you were this. And for me, I think this is the correct way to do that because if you're the one who keeps doing the talking, first you cannot really tell. You're giving out too much information, and that's kind of a turnoff because every encounter you want it to be like a trade. You don't want to give too much, but at the same time, you don't want to receive too much as well. And the way to balance that is for you to be on the passive end, just trying to listen what she's willing to share to you. If she, let's say, talk about her work, oh, then maybe you know that it's comfortable to talk about career stuff with her. So always diagnose the conversation first before you jump in and throw a topic at her. And after you talk to her, now it's time for you to set a date, right? And for you to do that is to have her number, to have her social media contact, if you may, whether it's Instagram, WeChat, WhatsApp, Line. Whatever it takes for you to contact her, and usually after this stage, most men, including me, <laughs> likes to chat. Right? They do not want to be direct. They want to build some rapport first. They want to build some quote-unquote relationship over the chat before they gather some courage to ask her out. But this is quite a mistake because this again quote-unquote relationship should already have been pre-established before you getting the contact. So when you get a contact, you want to use that. You want to leverage that to ask her out immediately. If you keep talking, if you, if you chat too much over the phone, first there's a risk that you're talking too much that you turn her off. Maybe you said the wrong thing. Maybe you talk about some taboo topic that immediately made her lose interest in you. So make dates. I mean, if you think about it, if it's just down to chatting. Women have a lot of girlfriends to chat with, so you gotta make yourself different, right? You gotta be a special guy who just suddenly take her up and have some balls to ask her out, right? 
And again, this is something that I'm guilty because I'm naturally a chit chatter. I like to talk a lot. In the end, I just keep chatting and then I forgot to ask her out on a date. Oh yeah, second reason is if you talk too much over the chat, when you end up meeting her, you kind of, you know, have no more topics to talk about. I am someone who likes to talk. I can think of a lot of different crazy topics to talk. But still, even in this scenario, when I meet her, suddenly I just have nothing else to say. Especially if you don't do this often and you're nervous, you meet the woman and your mind just went blank. And suddenly the conversation just went very, very stale, uninteresting. And also when you take her to a first date, Corey says that never, never take her to expensive places because you gotta know that everything in a relationship needs to be escalated. So when you take her out to a $1,000 date, your next date should at least be $1,100, $1,200. If from $1,000 then you suddenly take her out into a $100 restaurant, she can feel the difference and that's not a good signal, right? So there's that, you get a setup for the date. On the D-Day, you dress well and meet her, right? When we meet her, there's only one thing that should be our sole focus on that day, which is to make her laugh. Don't go out there and trying to think about, <laughs> you know, you want to bring her home, something like that. This will give a very unattractive vibe because you're trying to seduce her and she knows if you're just trying to get into her pants, right? Just concentrate on the present now. Don't even think of planning future dates with her. Something like, I think we should do this again next week when your date is not even finished. It shows that you don't have anything else planned aside from meeting her. And this may come out as desperate or needy. Also on that note of being needy and desperate, we as a man need to show her that we have other important matters in life to do, that we have some other stuff that we care aside from her. Because whether we like it or not, it has always been the fact that woman is the scarcity. Woman is the demand and man would go out and pursue. So if you just pursue her and she knows it, that she knows that she's the only one that you have right now, she ultimately gained the absolute control over you and that's not good. As a male, we want to be in control or at least we have more control over her. Alright, at this point, I think my female listeners will just hit off the play button and refuse to listen no more because this is way, way, way over the boundary of feminism. But yeah, this is the kind of tone that you will find in Corey Wayne's book. He kind of put a lot of emphasis on guys being the more dominant species, which may sometimes be overbearing, even for me as a male reader. So make her laugh, do everything you can to have fun with her, however you wish to define it. <laughs> Some people can have more fun. And there's also this one catch that I think is super smart. Um, in general, women took longer to fall in love with a guy. They always say they want to be certain, they want to think it over first, maybe after a couple more dates. So the way for us to expedite things up is to take her to multiple places. So instead of just going over to one dinner at one restaurant, we may just, we might as well do a smart combo <laughs> of getting her out to a coffee, let's say at around 4pm and then we continue to dinner at a restaurant, after that we proceed again to a bar to have a casual pool or dart session or just talk over a drink. So in that sense, you're putting her into different settings and let her see how you behave in different social setups, right? And hopefully that will make her decide fast if she wants to do or not. <laughs> And again, at this point, it is important to underline that if she likes you, she will make it easy for you. So 
So really the most difficult part is for us male not to be desperate because we tend to be like dogs. We like to show our emotion, we like to express it and just wants to get the bone as soon as possible. But most women are like cats, right? They want to have their own personal space. They don't like things to be rushed. You know, if you see a cat inside a sofa, the best way is for you to leave them there. Just put some food around so they know if they're hungry they can go there to eat but if you try to force the cat out of the sofa you'll probably get yourself scratched <laughs> or maybe the cat will go out but then it will hate you forever so in this kind of metaphor we want to give them space because according to Cory Wayne space is the single most important factor to win a girl over we want to raise the expectation bar we want them to keep being curious of how we would approach her the next time we meet so that's why, even after the first date, Corey told us not to chat her like two or three days or at least wait several days before we contact her again. In the sense, we build this kind of tension between us and that she keeps thinking about us, you know, thinking, why is he not texting me? Why is he doing this? Am I doing something wrong in the date? Or is he actually now dating another woman? So according to this book, don't quote me on this, women likes the dynamics. And they will always do whatever it takes to gain your attraction to her back. I'm gonna be sharing you my personal story. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, but uh, yeah, I have done a lot of stupid mistakes when trying to make some move on a woman. And one of my recent stories is that I get so aggressive that my crush attention level immediately drop very, very conspicuously. I mean, I can feel that. So what I did is I tried to give her some space and I just tried to also match her attraction level, right? So if she goes down from seven to two or three, she just stops at texting you, she just doesn't reply to you, then you want to do that as well. You just let her be, right? <laughs> Move on with your life and do other stuff. At first, it felt really excruciating. It felt really painful for you to do that. I can't control myself. After like one or two days, I just want to keep chatting her because I want to get her, right? So I want to talk to her. I just want to keep the relationship going. But I decided to just follow what the book says. I just, you know, don't text her at all for almost two weeks. And guess what? She suddenly came back. And I was immediately so surprised because I, at that point, I've already kind of forgotten about her, kind of like lost a little bit of faith in our future. So I did not think about her that much. But hey, after like 11 or 12 days, she just came back and asked me, how are you doing? I haven't heard back from you for a long time. Do you maybe want to get ourselves a coffee? And that was the best feeling ever. I mean, as a guy, you definitely like when a girl texts you first, right? And especially when she's the one who set up the date. It just feels epic. Like, damn, <laughs> that shit worked. So yeah, this is probably one of the biggest applications that I would get and I have succeeded from the book. It's kind of crazy, right? When you think about it, that the more you want her, the more you're desperate for her, the less she will want from you, the less she will, the more likely she will run away from you. It's kind of ironic in a sense, but I guess that's the reality. So what's the moral of the story? I think women will always test us. They like to play around too, just like cats, but in their own way, in their own game. And us as a male, as a dog, <laughs> shouldn't succumb to this kind of game. We shouldn't follow her. We should play our own game, right? We should be strong. We should have our own principle that that way, only in that way will she be able to respect us as a male 
as an alpha male. <laughs> Big word. So one of the take that I also like is that if you have a crush on a girl and you want, you know, you want to date her, we gotta treat her like a lover, not like a friend. There's very very subtle difference between the two. Sometimes, right? It can go down to you know not texting her too much. And seriously, I think this question of what are you doing, have you eaten, are the two most boring questions ever. Anyone can do that. Even the tasawai, how do you call it? The janitor, the cleaning service can do that. It doesn't show that you're intellectual. It doesn't do anything for you, right? So you want to treat her different, like just like what I said earlier. So first, it may start from keep going for more days, right? This is probably not something that's very advisable in this pandemic situation, but you can always do Zoom video call, right? Instead of just chatting over your social media. And also, if you never get past our balls to make a move on girls. Any basis that you are comfortable with, right? Ultimately, your date will only just be dinner and talks, right? And that's what friends do. We set up a date and then we just talk about our day, about how we hate this guy, about how we hate that girl, what our office gossip. What's the difference, right? Oh, so I guess it's always good to keep thinking: How could I make this date special, and how could I personally make a special impression on the girl? How do I make myself different? It's definitely not easy. Nowhere will I ever say that I'm good at this. If any, I would probably say I suck at it. There's just so much to learn, and there's just so much to practice, right? <laughs> Which brings me to this con, right? That I don't quite like about the book. I always contemplate, right? Why dating should be this much complex? There's always this game of pushing and pulling. Sometimes even I do it unconsciously. But is it possible, like, to make dating just simple? You know, if you like her, then you say, and if she doesn't like you, then she just tells you to piss off, right? <laughs> and you just never see her again. Can it be that simple? Because if you're just playing too much tricks. Up our sleeve. That's the sole reason why you know this becomes much much more complex than it could have been, right? Can we not just be transparent? I guess you can call this the inexperience me. If you use Corey Wayne's standard, in the past I would always approach a girl in the very in the most transparent way possible. Like if I like them, I would chat with them. I would reply them as soon as I can. I. Keep talking, and eventually I ask her out on a date, and then do the nice guys move, make things slow before things escalate, and then we can proceed to the relationship. And I used to think this worked, but nowadays I feel like the society has indeed evolved. We have transformed, especially in the presence of social media. We are much, much more exposed to a lot of different new people, and it's always hard for us to show to the world how we are special. Because Think about it. Before Google, we don't have any information. After Google, we have too much information, and the most important thing is for us to be able to filter that information, right? And so, and so it's the same. We meet. We now are able to meet a lot of people with just swipes. If you if you're into Tinder or other dating app, the most important element is for us to be able to filter what's good inside us and show it to the world, show it outside, protrude it, right? And one more thing, like. In the book, I got the impression, and I think it is somewhere explicitly written, that chasing is feminine. As a guy, we just want to wait and see if the girl doesn't like us, then we just don't like her anymore, right? Just like what I said about the matching attraction level. But sometimes, is there a balance between you know you want to pursue that girl and at the same time not appearing desperate? Because like, let's say if I like the girl and then she just doesn't have any response. 
is the only logical way, is the only feasible way for me to choose back off as well. What if I really want her? Should I just keep pursuing? Should I just keep going for it? But at the same time, I would definitely look desperate, right? So it makes things so much, so much more complicated. Ah, whatever. I cannot find any answer. If you guys listening have comments about this, then let me know. <laughs> That being said, of all the points and insight that I shared about the book, I love the fact that Corey emphasizes on every male guy. Every male guy? That's redundant as fuck. Yeah. Corey wants us to be very secure and confident about ourselves. You have to have a high self-esteem, only then we will be able to attract the other person. And confidence comes from competence, right? If you're not good at something, you would never be confident at it. So I genuinely believe that the bottom line is for us to keep striving to become the best version of ourselves, keep improving and keep developing, right? Also, a practice that Corey suggested for us to start doing is for us to picture our ideal woman. It's the same as jobs. If you try to get every job, you will get no job. So what we want to do is we want to chase after a specific woman that's according to our likes, that's according to our values or preferences, whatever you want to call it. Write down or even draw our ideal woman. Do you want it tall? Do you want her to be good at cooking and whatever that are? And you have to mirror that characteristics. See, that really got me. In the past, one of the characteristics that I want about my ideal woman is for them to be able to cook. But I myself don't cook that much. So now I have a homework to learn myself how to cook if I want to have that same life partner, right? <laughs> I mean, it's fair, right? Even in religion, we are always taught do unto others just like how you want others to do unto you. So this applies. <laughs> but maybe there will be some caveats to be placed for physical attributes. Like it's just not realistic, you know. I'm tall, I want a shorter woman, it doesn't mean that I have to be that short, right? If I want to have a long-haired woman, doesn't mean that I always have to have long hair. So this is more about personality and your behavior in life. Alright, that will be it. That would be my comments about the book. I think just for the fun, especially if you're a guy, just try to read it. Maybe you can get something out of it. Don't let your stigma on these kinds of gurus hinder you from having fun with this book. I did that, but now look at me. I'm actually making a podcast about the book, right? <laughs> it's funny how sometimes your individual perception can easily change over time. So if this book has resonated with you and you kind of agree and you want to know more about it, then I think you would definitely enjoy next week's episode because remember about the Thailand guy that I told you in the beginning? He will join us and talk about how he applied what he read in the book, just like my story. Who knows, maybe we can get some new scoop, right? <laughs> some new way of applying the theories that Corey Wayne taught us. Alright, okay, hope you have enjoyed listening this far. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you have a good day, have a good weekend, and an even better one ahead. Bye-bye.